Surf Scale Soar family. I am so excited because today we have a mom of two, a full-time teacher, and she's having $6,000 a month by doing system setups, Kajabi setup, Dubsado setup, and OBM work. So this is going to be such a good one. I love when we talk to people who are like crushing it and have full-time jobs, kids, and all of the things. And so we're tapping into so much information this episode with Carrie Flynn. So let's jump on in. Welcome to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business. And now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Hello, Surf Scale Store family. I am so excited because today on this episode, we have Carrie Flynn. And what I'm so excited about Carrie is she is a full-time teacher and has been running her business and having her highest month. I don't want to spoil her highest month just yet, but before we get into all the fun numbers and what it looks like to have her business, I want to introduce her. So Carrie, tell my listeners a little bit about who you are and who you serve and who you are as a person. Awesome. Thank you so much. So I'm Carrie. I own a company called Virtual Simplicity. And my business is I'm an online business manager, but I also do system setups. So I primarily focus on done for you Dubsado and Kajabi setups. My husband and I live in Jacksonville, Florida, and we've been married for 15 years. And I have two daughters, one that's 11 and one that is three and a half, going to be four in September. And I am a full-time teacher. I teach gifted students, um, but I'm going to be going to part-time teaching in August. I'm very excited about that. (laughs) That's exciting. So take me back. So you've had your business for three years. We were just talking about this before we jumped on. How did you get started as in the online space as a service provider? It kind of happened sort of by accident, really before three years ago. My mom was a realtor, and so I was kind of raised around somebody who had their own business. So that was kind of how I got into like being in a, seeing what a business is like. My dad was not an an entrepreneur, but my mom was a a realtor for 35 years. And towards the end of her career, probably about three or four years ago, she was moving and needed a lot of virtual support. And she knew that I knew her business and knew what my skills were. And so I kind of got into being a VA really by helping her. So that's kind of how I started but probably probably three years ago, April, I, I decided that my, what was it, 2017, right? So I just had a second baby and I was, number one, really wanting to bring in more income in a way that could make it so I didn't have to leave the house. And so that's kind of where my first initial drive was to do it that way. But I wanted something that I could do around my teaching hours because at that point, I didn't have the vision to think that I could ever leave teaching at that point. So um, and since I had already done my mom's VA work before, I had I had had experience with that. I actually found kind of a course. I think I got must have got targeted by an ad or something. <laughs> I don't know. I maybe searched it or something. I don't know, and got targeted by a course. It was a course. So basically, I kind of got into a course around 2017 April, and I think it was Abby Abby Ashley's course. It used to be called Bootcamp VAs. I think it's called something else now, but. That's kind of how I started was getting into some education about what it's like to be a virtual assistant. And that's really how I started. 
was growing into that and then learning those strategies from her and her course. I love that. I love that. Okay. So now tell us like you have a baby and you have this new virtual assistant business and now we're three years down the road and you're a full-time teacher and now you're having like best months ever. So what did that look like? I think the big thing that my listeners are going to want to know is that you work full time, but you also have a business and I'll go on and spoil it for everyone that's bringing in $6,000 a month. Mm -hmm. So this isn't like a simple side hustle. And there's, (laughs) I don't mean simple, like, Oh, it's just like fun money. Like $6,000 a month is like real, real money. It's not like $400 a month, which is totally fine if that's what you want to do. But 6,000 that Mm -hmm. could provide like a full-time income for some people. So tell us like, I want to know how you manage both. Okay. So I think that as far as like managing it all, I want to say first that I don't know if I started out intentionally wanting to build a full-time business. I, but an adventure at some point along the way, I got very intentional about this is what I wanted to do. And so once I got really intentional about, okay, I want to actually build this as a legitimate business and not just as a a hobby or some way to bring in a little extra money, I had to really kind of set and decide, number one, what do I want my life to look like? And number two, at that point, I wasn't sure that I wanted to leave teaching 100%. So how can I build this in a way that I can work and also do this business. But also, I was very particular about not wanting it to take away from my family. So I created pretty (laughs) stringent systems, first of all, that really helped me to support that. And that includes like, online tools, but also a schedule for myself, like really being intentional with the schedule, I can't fly by the seat of my pants, that doesn't work for me. Um, And if I did that way, I wouldn't be able to move the needle forward. So those are two things that have been really impactful in terms of me being able to manage it. But the third thing, honestly, is I know what my limits are. I have a limit on what I can handle right now, and I know what that is. And so once I get to that point, that's when I know I have to create a wait list for people. I love that. I think it's really being intentional on knowing when to say no. And no doesn't mean no forever. It just means no right now or a wait list. And I Mm -hmm. love that you are very in tune with where your spot is and where your capacity is. The other thing that I want to backtrack on and before we backtrack, I actually want to bring up the calendar. So you are a systems person. And I know some of my listeners are like, well, does she likes a calendar. She likes systems for all of our freedom and flexibility people out there. I get you. I love freedom and flexibility. And one thing that I found is when I keep a schedule and mine's not like, I can't do the time blocking and all that stuff. But when I work from like click up calendar where it is kind of like, this is what you have to do. This is what my days are going to look like and have a more structured time that's work time, I get so much more done. And that frees up all the freedom and flexibility. So we can create more of that. So I love that you're saying that the calendar is something that really helps you stay on track. For sure. And I will say that I work with people that are very free spirited people. So I'm used I'm totally, I totally and I'm married to somebody like that. So I totally get that. And I don't really like time blocking hasn't really worked for me either at the, to this point in my current phase of life anyway, just, it never really worked, but 
you know, having at least using um, the notes app, even on your phone has been helpful. Just I create sometimes like, here's what I want to accomplish this week. And I might just put those little tasks on the notepad and you can just check them off. Sometimes even that is a huge benefit. If it's just little to do's you need to do in your business to kind of make sure you don't forget something. I think that's the biggest thing or like, how do, how do you, how do you do all that and not forget something? Well, a lot of it is using a system like ClickUp, obviously for big projects and things, but little to do list has been very helpful to me. Yeah. And one thing that we have started using is I always have like these great ideas when I'm not near a computer. And if I just put them in the notes part of Apple, they will never be looked at again. But one thing that we've enjoyed is the ClickUp app Mm -hmm. has the notes pad on there and then you can take notes, but assign them as a task. And we just finished up the live event that was virtual for serve scale store. And in there I showed people like, this is how we're doing it. And if it doesn't have a date, it doesn't get done. And so creating those notes in your notepad, but also assigning them a date has really been helpful for us as a team at Brandy and company. hundred percent. I actually have one of my clients do that because she's the same way and has a lot of really great ideas. And I'm like, we need to brain dump these, just do it this way and click up and then we'll put dates to it. So that's a great idea. I love it. Okay. So I do want to go back because you talked about there came a point where you stopped thinking that this was going to be a hobby and it started to be like a legit full time. This could be something bigger than I ever imagined. And I think a lot of people, I don't think most people go in being like, you know, there are some people and I will say that I was one of them that was like, I'm going to conquer the world with my virtual assistant business. <laughs> but for the most part, that is not where our brain is initially. It's like, let's put some food on the table or spending money. And then you said that you went from a hobby to, you know, I'm going to turn this into a real thing. What was that turning point And when did that happen? It really happened the year that I started my business, probably right before my my little one turned a year old, we sold my house that I lived in for 10 years. And that kind of started a trickle effect of a lot of changes for us. We moved, I switched schools. That year that we rented a house and, and I was at a new school and my daughter was at a new school, it was a lot of stress. And I started to see like how much teaching has is a very stressful job, but there's not a lot of growth opportunities in terms of income, unless you want to become an administrator or work at the county district office. And I had no desire to do that, but I had a really difficult year and I was so burned out that I was like, there's got to be something else like that. And so at that point I had been working my business kind of as a side thing for probably six months um, before that school year started. And I started to see, you know, I really think I want to get to myself to a place where at least I could just scale back to part-time if not leave because I was so tired and exhausted and I wasn't seeing that It wasn't like I was loving what I was doing and I wasn't seeing a lot of return on investment for the work I was putting in, monetarily speaking anyway. And that was a huge turning point for me was that's when I really started to take it a little bit more seriously um, and be much more intentional about, okay, I think I want to grow this as a legitimate business full time at some point and get myself to that point where I could maybe leave or maybe just go part time or something. I like that. I love that. Cause it's always like the life stuff that happens that really, mm-hmm. I think that's when we can see bigger pictures or it, it could have been in front of us the whole time, but we needed something to happen in life to show us what was possible. 
Okay. So I want to talk about what has been your biggest challenge that you have faced in your business. Oh my goodness. There's been so many different ones along the way. I would say the biggest challenge probably is going to be involving my clients in some way. I'm a people pleaser to a fault probably. And I really hate disappointing clients or don't like it when they're disappointed with me or not even that. That's probably not the right word. But when a situation comes up and it has to be kind of confrontational and we have to have a a hard conversation about something. And I have had a few of those instances probably in the last six months where I brought on clients that were probably not ideal for my business. And I didn't listen to my gut when we were maybe having the discovery call or red flags on the intake form, little things like that. And I was probably driven more to get the income and not so much to serve and help that person, me being the right person. Those few situations were very challenging, but I learned a lot from them about myself and to listen to my gut. But they were really hard lessons to learn because I felt like I was a failure a little bit and I felt like I was letting those people down because we had to either end a contract or when the contract ended, we weren't going to move forward because I had realized it wasn't the right situation for me. So that was hard, but they were great lessons, but they were not fun to go through. Yeah. I think that's usually how it goes is that we learn these lessons and then (laughs) the ones that aren't fun to go through, we don't make those mistakes again. So um, I think that that's important to have that in your business because if it's all uphill, you can't really learn from that. So I I think that those are important with that. So what are things that you have implemented so that doesn't happen again? Number one being that I pay attention to the intake form very clearly. And I, if I don't do that, I, I sometimes will miss things. So I make sure I read through those questions and having not a super long intake form, but just good questions that can kind of give you some insight as to what might be a deal breaker, looking for keywords that somebody might use, you know, just kind of really paying attention has been helpful to me. The other thing is I have a pretty good um, intuition when I'm talking to somebody. I can usually sniff out like something's not quite right or something's off or they're sad. I I can usually tell when I'm talking to someone, even if it's just a friend. And I can usually tell with my gut like, oh, I don't think this is going to be right. And I know that sounds crazy, but both of that situation, I didn't trust that. And I regretted it every time. So those two things I have really gotten... And that's some mindset work you have to do as well, I would say, to kind of really trust in yourself and pay attention to what people are saying or maybe not saying and look at the all of that whole picture and then decide if it's the right person to work with or not. That's been hugely impactful to me, I would say. Yeah, I think that those are great ones. I think a lot of us, if we just followed our gut a lot more, it would Mm -hmm. save us a lot of heartache and difficulty. So I think that's amazing that that's something. And then I am such a big proponent of a really good intake form. And we talk about this a lot in serve scale soar and watching for those red flags and knowing that if you're someone who struggles to say no on a discovery call, looking at those red flags and not getting on the discovery call. And so two things that we will link up in the show notes for you is one, 
the No Like and Trust Wow Factor Onboarding Experience podcast that I just recently did. And then also we have the Bouncing Back After Bad Results. And so that talks about kind of what you were just talking about, Carrie, with when hard things happen with clients, like hard conversations have to happen or you didn't get the results or you may have messed up. And so we'll make sure to link that one up in the show notes as well because it's a really good one with how to deal with those tough situations. So my next question for you is what do you think has been the like best thing that's come from your business? The biggest thing for sure is the relationships. There are so many people over the years that I have become friends with, even just friends, people I haven't worked with and connected with, worked with as clients that were my clients that I have brought on to hire and people that have mentored me that I would have never met had I not started my business and that have enriched my life so much. And I'm a big relationships person. That's like a huge part of me as a person, but also my business, like that is really what drives me. And so that's been so impactful to me. I've learned so much from every single person that I've come in contact with big and small ways for sure. And, and to be honest, the income has been so such a blessing to my family Um, And it doesn't seem like a ton of money, but it's been a huge blessing considering had I not started this business, you know, I don't know where, what we would be doing right now, you know, with kind of all of the stuff that's going on with the pandemic, that would be really scary to me. So I'm really thankful that I have this extra income that's here that we can rely on if needed be, which has been a big blessing for sure. Absolutely. And so you said you're going down to part-time come August as a teacher. Mm -hmm. Do you see in your future not teaching? Yes, definitely. Um, I think for me, the biggest reason why I didn't want to leave full-time was the job that I do as an educator is a little different than what you might think. So I teach gifted students and I keep the same students until they leave elementary school. And so there's a deep relationship bond that is developed, you know, especially if I've had somebody since they were in kindergarten, if they qualify for gifted that young. So I wasn't quite ready to part ways with those, some of those older kids yet, but I definitely see it happening in the future. And I'm a six in the Enneagram, so I'm very driven by security also. So I like to kind of have a little bit of kind of control over a step down process. I'm not a quick start. I'm not necessarily going to just leap off the cliff. It scares the bejesus out of me, to be honest with you. So I've liked the idea of having a little bit of control in terms of stepping down, it's still a risk. Don't get me wrong. Like it's, I'm taking a big hit on my income for sure, but there's more opportunity while still having a little bit of security there, which is just, it's like a calculated risk for me. So it's just the right amount of risk taking that doesn't make me want to like freak out, (laughs) you know, too much. Right. And I just want to, and this is not like coming at you, this is in general, is one, while it's on the top of my brain, we'll link up Greg's episode in the show notes as well because he talks about how he planned on leaving a six-figure income in corporate America. So we'll link that up if you need a plan on leaving because that was a really Mm -hmm. good episode. But then the second thing is, Whenever someone has like a nine to five or like you're teaching like that type of traditional job that we're so used to, the word security gets thrown around a lot. Like this is secure and everything. And I just want to flip the script on that and know that those jobs are not secure. Like 
we're going through a pandemic right now. And I think a lot of people are realizing that their job security wasn't as secure as they thought it was. But also, I mean, layoffs happen all the time. And, uh, you know, like um, one of my good friends, he was a top earner at his company. He did like uh, recruiting for employees. Like he would find businesses, employees, and he was the top recruiter making over six figures, close to multiple six figures. And they laid him off because he made too much money. And so I just want us to think about uh, anyone who has like a secure job, you think that secure is like, I feel like I have more control over my business online where I'm the boss. I decide if I'm going to be fired than I would have ever had security at any nine to five. Oh, a hundred percent. Like I don't want people to use my necessarily use this, my reasonings as an excuse to not leave. Like, I think you need to really trust your gut there for sure. And know that there's going to come a point, like there's no way for you to get to a place, especially if you're in a nine to five where it's going to be a hundred percent safe for you to leave. There's going to be risks involved and you have to kind of make your peace with that. And that's mindset work, a big part of it, but also just doing the work that it takes to grow the business. If you're doing what you need to do to move the needle forward, you can trust yourself that you'll get to that. You'll be okay on the other side of that leap. It's just, you have to take the jump. You have to, like, that's just a part of it. So, and Greg's episode is great. So that's a really good one to link up. And I will say that I'm not telling people to go quit their job because I don't think that that's the right answer either. I think that it actually can hinder people if they quit too soon when they're not ready. I want everyone to understand, please know I'm not telling you to go quit your job. I just <laughs> want us to all, I think there's a lot around working at home, virtually anything that it's not secure or things like this. And as we see the workplace environment change, I just want all of you to know that like, it doesn't matter if you have your own business, if you're working for someone else, there's nothing that's 100% secure but I do feel like I have a little bit more control over my journey when it is my business. There's no one that's going to come in and say, Brandy, you're fired. Right. And my teaching job that I'm in more than others is actually driven by numbers because of the way that gifted works. So it's absolutely could be on the table. So it's not secure. It's not a secure position by any means. So, but you're absolutely right about that. And I think that if you're doing the right things and you're moving the needle forward and you are building your business the right way and getting the support and investing in yourself and doing all the things that we know we need to do, then there will come a time where you need to take that leap if, if that's what you want to do to really gas it up and take it full time. You can totally do it. You just have to be willing to take that leap. It's going to be scary, but you can definitely do it. Absolutely. And like I've been saying a lot in Serve Scale Soar in the last, I guess, six months now is that we define success on our terms. And sure. I think that if your definition of success looks like a thousand dollars with your service-based business, then that's your success. And that's something to be proud of. If Carrie, yours is like one day I'm going to quit my job from teaching, or I know a big thing for you was being able to go down to part-time and not completely quit. And that's your success. And that's amazing. And let's celebrate what your definition of success is and not what everyone else's definition of success is. And I think there's a lot of power in that. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I think that sometimes, like you said, that we can get, and, and not even, this really doesn't happen in Surf Scale Store, but in other spaces, there's a lot of talk about being an entrepreneur full-time and that's that being the end-all be-all. And that's certainly a great goal if that's what you want, but you have to know what you want and then you have to not be sorry about it if you have that goal. So for me, I knew that this was what I wanted and this is what, but my husband and I together talked about, well, this is what we want our family to look like. And this was the goal that he and I made together for us and the girls. And so that was our goal. And so it is a big deal. And honestly, getting the school district to let me do it was a big deal too. So I was very excited when they were like, yes, you can do that and we'll have somebody partner with you. So I was very happy. But that doesn't mean I'm not opposed to doing full-time in the future. And I will know when that is right for sure. I love it. Okay. So before we end, I do like to do some rapid fire. So these are not necessarily like the first word that comes to mind. It's just the first phrase or thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What is the favorite part of your business? Uh, I've said it already, but all my friends in business are my favorite part for sure. Love it. Favorite software or tool that you can't live without? In my business? Yeah. Oh, Dubsado, 100%. I knew you were going to say that. You knew it makes the train go. It's the only thing. It's all almost fully automated. It's amazing. I love it. And we will link up um, Dubsado in the show notes with our discount for everyone as well. Okay, so what is the best conference, virtual or live, you've ever been to? I'm really sad about this because so many conferences are being canceled right now, but... The best live one that I've been to recently, because I haven't been able to go to that many, but most recently was Business Boutique was really good. That was in the fall of last year. And then I really loved our virtual one that we had to do. I was really mad that we couldn't do it live, but the Surf Girl Store virtual was awesome because people were so supportive in that and it was great to get to see everybody. I've heard really good things about the business boutique. So I will make sure to link that up. And then the best conf, oh, the virtual surf scale store. Yeah, it was so good. And we just pivoted to virtual instead. And I can't wait to welcome everyone to Florida once we can do a live one again. And I just love that we live in a time where like it's possible to pivot a retreat with 40 people completely virtually. So I know in like a week. I know it was, it was. (laughs) It was was a lot, but I'm excited because now if we ever want to do it again, I know how to do it. So it was great. Okay. And so number four, tell me the best piece of advice you've ever received. Ooh, man, that's a hard one. I would say I have two mantras and I really didn't, they're not really businessy, but the biggest ones actually came from my husband and a friend of mine at school. The first one came from my husband, which is I'm doing the best that I can. These are mantras that I I do every day just to kind of say to myself, it's kind of like business advice. So number one, I'm doing the best that I can every day. And number two, keep moving forward. You can't stay stuck in the like horrible thing or the not good thing that happened to you. Just keep moving forward. If you keep those two things going, you're going to be able to move your business forward and have good mindset as well. I love that. And then the final question is, what do you think is the one thing that you've learned in Serve Scale Soar that has moved the needle the most? I would say the biggest thing for me was the art of networking and building relationships to market yourself. So it's been a huge, and marketing minutes in particular, that was been a, has been a huge impact for me. But the art of like, networking and right spaces, building those relationships, 
all of that involved with the marketing minutes as well has been has a had a massive impact on my business for sure. I love that. And I always say revenue or that was not right. I always say relationships (laughs) over revenue. And so relationship building is so important. And we're recording this in April. So by the time this airs, but we're getting ready to do a marketing minute 30 day challenge inside Serve Scale Store membership. Have you signed up? Oh yeah, girl. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I I signed up yesterday. I was like, oh, I got to do this. Even though I'm like, I'm very close to a wait list. I'm like, nope, I still want to do it because it's good to get that habit going. So I want to get back in the habit. So definitely signed up for that. Yeah. I love that. And one last question. What is your favorite thing about Serve Scale Store, the membership? Oh, you're going to like laugh because it's been a theme. The people are the best part by far, hands down. But also I would say the, just the content is very relevant to being a service provider. So, and it has been really helpful to me to kind of get even though I have a pretty good system in place, there are still things that I learn that I can come back to the people or the content and go, oh, this is how I can fix this little thing or tweak this thing or make it better. Or, oh, I know I can go to the group and there'll be support and they can help give me ideas that maybe I wouldn't have thought of. Even where I'm at, I can still get that from the group, which is great. Yeah. And one thing that I've talked about at the virtual retreat was how we need to always be coming back to the foundations. Like everyone wants to get to the sexy stuff and all this stuff. Like, but you come back to the foundations. I still use the information that's in serve scale soar as we're tracking to a million as a course creator, a podcast host, a business coach and a service provider. And it's so crazy how what moves the needle forward the most is just the foundational pieces. Oh, for sure. And I think that's important for people to know too, is that, there's never going to be a point where you're like, I have made it. I, ne- I need to do no, don't need to do any more work. I have made it. Like that's, I literally today was like in the group asking a question about, I found a hole in something. It was like, oh, and it was revealed from a situation with a client and I was able to go and figure out, okay, well, this is what I can do to fix that you'll still figure that'll still happen like over and over again. You just have to be willing to fix those little foundational things you find out. Absolutely. Okay, Carrie. So this has been so good. This is going to impact so many people who are maybe thinking about leaving their job. Maybe they're teachers and they can relate to you on that level, or maybe just like all the mindset that we talked about, but it's so impactful. And I want my listeners to be able to connect with you. So where is the best place for them to actually connect? Really two places. The first would be if you're looking to connect with me on social media, Instagram is a great place to find me. That's where I spend a good, a good amount of time. And my Instagram name is at virtual simplicity. And if you have more information about me in terms of my services and a little bit more information about my business, my website is a great place to go, which is carriemflynn.com. Love it. And we will link up to all of that in the show notes. And Carrie, I just want to personally thank you so much for being on the show. And I can't wait to hear the rest of your journey. And thank you for letting me be part of it. Oh, thank you so much. I owe you a ton for sure. Y'all, Carrie brought so much great information and just strategies and things that we can easily implement. And one of those is just mindset shifts. And I think we touched on a lot of great topics about what does it look like to have a full-time job, a full plate, and run your business? When is the right time to leave your business? And also that security is just a mental block. And so knowing that you have everything you need to be successful and 
It's not about if you have a full-time job. It's not about if you have kids. It's just about what's important to you and defining success in your own way. So if you would like to see inside of Surf Scale Soar or just learn about the scale with simplicity method that Carrie has used to scale her business, I encourage you to head to surfscalesoar.com forward slash 10K the number 10, the letter K, and we'll link that up in the show notes and check out my free masterclass, how to scale to consistent $10,000 months without hiring a team. And until next week, go out, serve your clients, scale your business and soar into that six figure year you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.